Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the greatest ever, believe me, podcast in the history of the world. Speaking of which, we have the greatest co-host in the history of the world of podcasting, Mr. Everett Farnell. I appreciate it, Steve, and uh, I just got a message for all of our listeners. Be careful. Make sure you're doing the right thing, because we're taking names, and if you're not listening, we're going to take notice. Yeah, we're, we're taking names this week. Listening. I mean, if you don't go to Lessons Learned from DonaldTrump.com and get the advanced tip this week, I mean, we're taking names. We're going to know it. And, and uh, we're going to cut the information that we give. I mean, we've been giving all the information here every we've week. Been, we've we been, give all the information. None of the listeners give any of the information. It's just not fair. doesn't make any sense. And unless you go right now to giving us a five-star review all over the place, we're going to think of cutting the information. i got to tell you something, Steve. I, I've never brought it up before. But, you know, there's been a surge in entrepreneurialism and in the business marketplace, a surge in the stock market. There's been huge things happening for the last year or so. Now, the, the tax cut recently certainly helped with that. Uh, we discussed that last week. But is it any coincidence that this huge surge in business expansion and, and wealth creation started just after we started doing our podcast? Well, of course, it's because of us. It's all because yeah. of us. And that's why, unless we get some, you know, something, something coming back to us, like uh, we got to make some threats. We gotta, we gotta figure something out here. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta come up and with, that, some, we gotta like read the script of The Godfather and come up with some statements. <laughs> we gotta, we're taking names. We're gonna make. We got a strong the- arm. All our enemies. <laughs> <laughs> as, usual, as usual, Merry Christmas, everybody. We just at the beginning of the episode giving you a hint. And I think it was a little heavy-handed this week. Uh, the topic of this week's Lessons Learned from Donald Trump Podcast, is this statement, outrageous statement, made through Donald Trump's secretary, uh, whatever, to the U.N. representative. The the woman who, by the way, if she ran for president as a Republican, all the Republicans would vote for. This nonsense about Republicans against women or this BS or whatever, like Hillary was, was trying to carry, like... Conservatives got to love this woman. She was a governor of something, and now she's the head of the UN for the US, and she just goes in there and has balls and takes no prisoners. And right, right, you yeah. knew that Trump is behind it. She comes out last week and says something like, I didn't pay too much attention, but she said something like, oh, the U.N. was going to vote on, well, we talked about it last episode, the one before that, where Trump made this decision, I'm going to finally follow through on. The fact is that the, US, the, the Israeli embassy is in Jerusalem, and we're just going to now take action based on that, which no U.S. president has had the balls to do for 20 years or 40 years or whatever. 
And so she came out. The, the UN decided we're going to vote on that and censure the U.S. or vote against, you know, voice our displeasure, blah blah blah. So knowing that was going to be the vote, our U O oh, ambassador. That's what it, I think. That's what it is our UN yeah, ambassador comes yeah. out, and she goes, "All right, we know what you're going to do, and we're taking names." And uh, you better vote for us, or else there's going to be consequences. <laughs> Something like that. I'm like, wow, am I watching The Godfather? Or am I watching the Trump administration reality? I mean, this is well, a Trump new said, one. Trump said the same thing on ABC News. They got a video of him, and he said, "Yeah, Nikki and I talked about that, and uh, and absolutely, they come to us to spend. You know, they want us to spend a lot of money with them, and uh, we're going to be watching. And if you vote against us, then uh, you know, next time you show up looking for some money, we're going to remember that." Yeah, I did see a clip like that where he said, like, you know, it's okay. We don't care. We'll save a lot of money. We'll save a lot of money. (laughs) Because apparently, something I didn't know my whole life, for crying out loud, I don't know if it went on my whole life or if it's recent, but the U.S. is skirting like a quarter of the bill. The U.S. is paying like one quarter. Not only is the U.S., first of all, I'm from New York, so I grew up in the city that hosts the U.N., and every U.N. member has diplom for him and his family they all have diplomatic immunity which means they break every single law in the city all the time so anytime you drive anywhere they're double and triple parked and you see the license plate says diplomat and no one can do anything about it and so every new yorker is totally perennially pissed off at every delegate and every member of the UN anyway. They come in, they take up part of our city, they double, triple park all over the place, they act like they own the place, and we're also footing 25% of the bill? Give me a break. Well, that's the deal, unfortunately. That's how it was set up. Because we Well, I think I read something about how it was set up, and I should have prepared more for this, although I should not have, so I didn't. But something about how when it started, the U.N. would start, and I do from my high school studies of social studies or whatever, it was founded to prevent another world war. Mm-hmm. It was founded to promote peace throughout the world, and it only had, it didn't have like every country in the world was not a member of the U.N. It was only a few countries, but now that it's every uh, every country in the in the world, there's an overwhelming majority of countries that are not democracies. They're dictatorships. They hate the U.S. They resent the U.S. They were, so of course, if there's a simple vote, they're going to vote against the U.S. That's just what they do. They're the world. Absolutely, it's an amazing level of anti-U.S. and anti-Israeli sentiment in the U.N. But they still come. Yeah. So for basically probably the first time ever, I'm sure, just like with everything else, somebody for the first time ever, a U.S. president has the balls to come out and just tell it like it is and go, hey, this thing is an anti-U.S. thing, and we're just not going to take it anymore. Well, and of course, in typical anything Trump says fashion, the world erupts. With you can't do that. That's not presidential. It's not diplomatic. That's uncouth. You're unfit. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. But when it comes right down to it, Everett, that's what we're talking about here. It's the right thing to do. Look, for good or for bad, you shouldn't be biting the hand that feeds you. If you're going to bite the hand that feeds you, whether you are a vendor, whether you are an employee, or whether you're the United Nations, if you're going to bite the hand that feeds you, there's going to be consequences to it. And you might not like that, but that's the way that it works. But here's the thing, and that's not the lesson that's kind of coming from the other point, of course, is coming from Trump's action, because that's not necessarily true. Like, lots of people do bite the hands that feed them all the time. Am I the only one? Every business owner out there has some experience with a supplier, a customer, an employee, somebody biting the hand that feeds them. 
employees walking around and complaining? I mean, if you took a poll of Americans, 90-whatever percent of them would say, I hate my boss, I hate my job. Like, really? But I'm paying your mortgage. I'm sending your kids to school. I'm paying for you to get a new car. Like, you're only getting that new car because I pay you and I gave you a raise and I gave you more responsibility and and gave you more pace. And yet, they're going to walk around talking bad about you behind your back, sometimes even to your face, sometimes undermining the company by not following the rules of the company that you've laid out. I'm especially sensitive to that being a marketing consultant. You tell them this is the way I need you to answer the phone, and they say, I refuse to say that, and I refuse to do that, so they're undermining the company. Of course, there are suppliers that are doing all kinds of things saying, oh, okay, we have two orders here, and we made a mistake in our inventory. We can order only fill one of them. Let's fill that one because this guy over here, this Everett guy, he's been with us for 20 years. He's not going to leave us, but this newer guy, we better fill the order with him because he's brand new and we want to keep him as a customer so or the other one is and this is where the lesson comes in is we better fill Everett's order because he raises holy hell and demands a discount and causes us all kinds of trouble and threatens to leave us and we got to make it happy right now you're talking about that is the lesson because the point my point is that without that without them thinking that Everett is going to raise hell they have the tendency and the likelihood the possibility at least of saying Everett's been with us 20 20 years, we take him for granted. He's not going to leave us. Oh, he might complain, but he's been with us 20 years. He's not going anywhere. Let's fill the order for this guy over here. And Trump right. comes in and goes, you know what? That's got to stop. I'm a businessman. And the way I run my, everyone knows. I mean, people complain about Trump, you know, not paying his suppliers and this and that because Trump has this unbelievably demanding attitude towards this business. I come number one. Everything I say goes or else you don't get paid. And that includes the United Nations. Right. Absolutely. You don't don't get to tell us where we want to put our embassy. Just like a vendor doesn't get to tell you what kind of stuff you have to uh, you have to buy, or an employee doesn't get to tell you how they're going to answer the phone. You, as a business owner, have got to take full control over your business and exercise that control unilaterally and absolutely. And it doesn't matter whether the vendor likes it. It doesn't matter whether the employees get mad. None of that matters. It doesn't matter how much everybody bitches about what a son of a bitch you are because they have to stay late and finish their job even though they didn't, uh, you know, even though they wanted to come back and get it done in the morning, you know, and, and everybody knows how that plays out. Oh, I'll just, uh, I'll do it first thing in the morning. And then, of course, it's, well, I'll have it done by lunch. And then, and what should have been done three days ago finally gets done. So you have to exercise that control. You have to realize that in your business, you're the 800-pound gorilla, and you've got to act like it. And even more so, when you build your business, when you follow the strategies and the techniques that we give you every week, and then also when you call for and, and get the advanced strategies and techniques, which if you haven't, what are you waiting for? When you use these strategies and techniques and you build your business to a level where you really are the 800-pound gorilla in your marketplace, be it a local marketplace or online or whatever, then you have to act like it. You can't listen to uh, all the, you know, you can't listen to the naysayers talk about what a mean guy you are because you do cutthroat business and uh, uh, you know and because you you don't show any uh, for lack of a better word any mercy to your competitors sure it's it's a tough way of looking at business but the fact is that business is not a sing along around the campfire it's a rough and tumble thing if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're going to be a business owner and you're going to maximize your business like every business owner should then you need to be willing to do what has to be done in order to maximize your business and if you're not doing that then you're going to have trouble and you're going to have the same trouble 
that we've had for the country, we meaning the United States, have had for 20 or 30 years or 40 years, however long it's been, where we've been scared to put the embassy, despite promises made left, right, and upside down, we've been scared to move the embassy to where Israel says is their capital. Now, you can have whatever thoughts you want to have about that, but where we place our embassy is between us and the other country. And where the capital of a country is that country's business, and it's not the UN's business, and if they want to, they want to bite the hand that feeds them, then they got bit to the tune of about 20% of the money that we we're going to give them next year is gone. And that's the point is you're talking about when people, you know, of course, and I hear all the time, they enjoy listening to the lessons learned from Donald Trump podcast. But I have a feeling, as always, being a consultant for decades, thousands of businesses like the ones that take action on these concepts and ideas and strategies that we put forth are few and far between. And even fewer are the ones that go to lessons learned from Donald Trump.com, get the advanced tip and put that into action. When they do, they become the 800 pound gorilla and rule their marketplace and got to act like it. But even way before then, like we said, the first time that they put an ad in the paper or they hire their first employee, they are the 800-pound gorilla to that employee. And yet, right. business owners are weak, and I was when I had my first employees, afraid to act like it. And if that goes on for too long, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's experienced the problem with letting that build and fester to where it really does <coughs> Excuse me, become a big problem. And so you've got to act like it when you're in charge. It's not a popularity contest. If you wake up every day as a business business owner and say, my goal today is to be liked by all my employees, all my customers, and all my suppliers, and all my competitors, then you're not going to be around too long, or you're not going to be successful too long. Your responsibility, well, no, is not, your, your goal is not to be liked. What's the best way to be liked? The best way to be liked by vendors is to overpay and have zero expectations. The best, right. best way to be liked by employees is to do all the work yourself and pay them 20% above the going rate for the job right. they're not doing. It's the same thing the if best, anyone has kids, know. the go to be liked to the goal would be to feed them ice cream for every meal every day. Exactly. So That's parents learn a lesson. They're not their best friend of their kids. They need to be the parent. And eventually, business owners learn, employers learn that their goal is not to be liked by the employees or by their suppliers or by the competitors. And you're seeing a great example this week of Donald Trump through his ambassador to the UN saying, look, our goal here is not to be liked by you. Our goal is to be respected by you. You're disrespecting us. And <laughs> I, I wish I knew the lines out of The Godfather by heart, but there's some kind of line about like, you don't disrespect me because then there's going to be a horse's head showing up in your bed the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is I wonder if, uh, I wonder if the uh, Secretary General woke up with a horse's head in, uh, in his <laughs> office in, in New York City. Oh, how unpresidential. <laughs> By definition, anything he does is presidential. Right. So it's the new, it's the suddenly, and the same thing in your business, and we'll leave it at that, folks. In your business, are you acting to what you think would be employer-like or business owner-like, or are you acting the way that you know, and especially now from listening to this episode, you know, the way that you should be acting as a business owner, which is not to be liked, it's to be respected as the 800-pound gorilla that you are. And with that, I don't see anything more needs to be said. Go to Lessons Learned from DonaldTrump.com for crying out loud. If you haven't done it all year, now's the time. Go get the advanced tip of the week and start 2018 off with a bang. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the Internet today. If you want to be a winner... 
like Trump. Make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.